We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode of the Budding Heads Podcast, Ramstock Radio, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Super Barrow. Here's us with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, fresh off a, a meet and greet of the two of us last week for the first time in person. How you feeling? Uh, the tequila's still waning on me a little bit. <laughs> oh man, I I had to give Steve, you know the the you know traditional Mexican experience where we have lots of mexican food and we just you know shower it with uh tequila uh, may- maybe uh had a little bit too much there but you know what it was nice seeing you steve <laughs> it is uh the first time in a long time i did tequila shots for johnny and i will say it will be the last time for a long time that i do tequila <laughs> shots oh come on steve you know you want another one right now Maybe maybe next time I next time I see you, buddy. But uh, I'm good. It's uh, it's a big day for the Rams, or at least I think yesterday was the Allen Robinson long rumor trade finally happened. I can't wait to get into uh, that. And we had Cam De Silva on from Ramswire to talk some draft stuff. Uh, so we'll get to Cam's interview in a little bit. We'll start with the Allen Robinson trade here. Uh. Our long nightmare of about a year is finally over. Allen Robinson was sent to the Pittsburgh Steelers along with the 251st pick in the seventh round this year in exchange for pick 234 in the seventh round. So the Rams move up 17 picks in the deep depths of the 2023 NFL draft. They also are paying $10 million of Allen Robinson's contract this year. Well, I think the Steelers are picking up like $5 million. So when the trade was announced, it, I think a lot of us thought that the Rams were saving about 5 or $6 million in cap space in this trade. It actually turns out that they're eating $3.something million this year in, in cap space. So they lose cap space from this move. It's another 2024 move. They open up a, they open up a lot of cap space in 2024, and I think this nets them out to about... 75 million in space right now going for that season. But this year we're paying the guy $21 million in dead cap. And we've talked a bit about Allen Robinson in this pod. I, to me, moving up 17 picks is a win. I honestly thought we might've had to give up the pick and pay money to get rid of this guy, which essentially we did. I mean, like, the the pick was a freebie. Uh, but how, how do you feel, Johnny? Because you were a little more bullish on Allen Robinson than I was the last time we talked about him. You know, I still believe that Allen Robinson has potential. 
And, and I think to an extent, Steve has has a, a the same belief, maybe not as strong as me, but um, I do think under the right system that Allen Robinson can be, you know, a decent contributor. I don't know if he'll ever be that, you know, number like dominant number one, number two receiver, but I do think he can be a, a, an asset. And going to Pittsburgh, who's essentially trying to reload weapons for them, um, I think might be a better fit. Though I'm not sure uh, with Kenny Pickett as their quarterback. I don't know. May- maybe something will happen there. But a- anyway, clearly it wasn't happening in Los Angeles. You know, Stafford is an older aging quarterback now. Based on what we've heard about, you know, Matthew Stafford, he seems to be um, getting close, if not already at 100 percent, which is great news. But if he can't find Allen Robinson, what's the point of having him on the team? And that's basically how you need to view this. Now, even if Allen Robinson kind of comes back to form in 2023, or at least as close close to form as you can get um the thing is he had a massive contract albeit not a very long contract but he had a massive contract that the rams you know errantly did so rather than just eating the contract you know working with what they have with him they they want to eliminate that uh contract from the books in 2024 and that's how you have to look at this. This is not really anything to benefit in 2023. In fact, it's actually disservice to 2023, if we're being honest. Uh, but at the same time, if you're looking at this from you know a future standpoint, in 2024, you no longer have to worry about Allen Robinson's contract. And you can look more towards the future, whether it be adding another veteran wide receiver to complement Cooper Cup, or maybe possibly adding a younger uh, rookie wide receiver in this year's draft. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I do think there's a world where Allen Robinson comes back to the Rams and is good and makes the team better. I don't think there's a world where he's worth his money. I don't think there's a world where he's so much better that the offense is elevated to a new level this year. And since you've already made all these other setting yourself up for 2024 success moves – it's probably the time to do this. You know, you are, you, you only had 10 million before the trading cap space. So you're, you're not going out there and making a big splash. It, it would, it would have given them a little more trade flexibility, I guess, if he was on the roster, but I don't know, man, I'm not going to miss him at all. It is one of the most disastrous signings. I would say the most disastrous signing of the entire less seen era. I think it, takes a cake from Cody Sensabaugh and then some um, who, you know, wasn't nearly as harmless to the cap. But we gave this guy $45 million. He does nothing for year one. I know he got hurt. Wasn't on pace to do very much. I think he was on pace for as much, if not worse, yardage-wise than he had in 2021 in in, uh, Chicago, which was not good. And this is how the league views him. We have to eat a bunch of his salary to move up 17 spots and trade him away. I think it's I think if it was more likely that he wasn't cooked, Johnny, I think there would have been more than this out there. Uh you have to I mean, think. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah, like you have to think if other teams are buying this, you can make the same exact trade and not give up that 7th round pick. So essentially you would move Allen Robinson, you need a bunch of cap and you'd get another pick back. We basically got nothing. Uh, we ate money to clear a space for 2024. Um, but I, I, we received I, nothing, Steve. I think the fact that we didn't, <laughs> that we got the pick back to move up 17 spots is a win. Because I personally would have thought that <laughs> they would have had to attach a pick to move him because he's that much of a bad contract right now. And he's going to go into Pittsburgh. He's going to be the third option with a suspect quarterback. I do not envision a good season for him. And it's going to be another one of, well, I was in a bad situation. Like, I don't know, man. I think this is 
it's Kenny Galladay 2.0 in a sense. Like I just, I think there's nothing there. Would not mind to have Kenny Galladay on this roster. Uh, just saying, but um, I mean, I, if he's free, <laughs> I mean, he might be. We have the only quarterback who has gotten anything out of him his entire career. I think. That's uh, true. Listen, I also firmly believe that he is cooked as well, but you need to add something to this room. I bet they'll wait and see what happens in the draft, but if they don't take a receiver high in the draft, I think that might happen. I think Stafford might advocate for getting Galladay in the door. I mean, he's out there. He is out there, Uh, but I I think more importantly to this is, you know, we, we kind of mentioned a lot about 2024 and, uh, our fan base, I, I guess I shouldn't just say our fan base. I think fans in general, they want to see stuff happen now. And especially when you're coming from a franchise that basically is so aggressive in any facet of, of the offseason, and to watching them you know, basically take like 20 major steps backwards to the point where the team is gutted and you're they're going to be scrambling to find – you know, undrafted free agents to fill this roster. That's how, that's how, uh, you know, little the Rams have right now. So the thing you have to remember is yes, 2023 is going to be a wash year. It's not going to be fun. I will, I will say that much. Um, You might be surprised with a few players and that's what this is. It's almost like tryouts to see who's going to be good enough to be on this roster in 2024, where the Rams, they have a, quite a bit of cap space in 2024. And, and I do encourage you guys to take a look at the cap space. I, and mind you, that could change, but yeah. And and picks. So, you know, picks. even if even if they decide to trade, like if things go well this year and they actually make a move midseason to bring in somebody and trade some of those picks, that offseason is not toast. Like, hypothetically, if they make the trade they offered for Brian Burns last year, like this year, which is what, like two first-round picks? Yep. Hypothetically, you make that trade, you give him like $20, 25000000 million or whatever, you're still going to have $50 million in cap space. And it's not like there's a laundry list of guys on the roster right now that are going to demand big money when their contracts come up. All those guys are already getting paid or we traded them. So uh, no matter what they do this year, they are set up to, to make things happen next off season. Even if they do end up pushing their chips in the table a little bit, if things go well, I think things probably won't go that well and that's not going to happen. And we'll have cap space and picks, but they will be in a good spot. I think the only like, you know, counter argument to this trade is I think a big part of this season is going to be figuring out what's the deal with Stafford and if you can rely on him to be the guy in 2024 to when you retool the team to get you back hopefully to a Super Bowl level he's going to be on the team in 2024 regardless because of his contract but if things go bad this year and he's bad and the Rams have a top 10 pick they're going to be thinking quarterback, you know, even if they don't go that route, it's going to be on the table. And so you're taking away one of Stafford's quote unquote weapons because this guy's a water gun at this point. I don't like, I I guess I could see that, but man, I'm fine with this. And we talked about a little with cam coming up, like give Tutu more reps, give Skoranek more reps, give van more reps. Maybe you draft somebody, maybe you sign somebody, give anybody more reps. Uh, because at the end of the day, he's probably not here in 2024 either way. Yeah, I, I mean, that pretty much hits the nail on the head. Um, I I don't imagine there was too many diehard Allen Robinson fans in this uh, fan base, but uh, if there was, uh, sorry, he, he's going to be in Pittsburgh. I miss and that Sammy I'm Watkins okay. guy on Twitter. You remember that Sammy Watkins super fan that jumped on our bandwagon for a year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Watkins is... A... Where, where is he even now? Is he in Green Bay still? 
he's either in Green Bay or not on a team. Oh, wow. He's a, he's a free agent. Shit, man. I would take him. I would take I, I him mean, back hey. for free. Hey, you know, vet minimum, you know, him or Galladay, why not? Hey, him and Galladay, why not? <laughs> I. <laughs> How much did Sammy Watkins get paid last year? One year, four mil? I'd get, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him that, actually. He actually got no, cut no, last no, year no, and no, signed no. with the Ravens. I forgot that happened. It's got to be vet min, minimal or or nothing. Yeah, I, I, can, I don't know. I could see it happening. Um, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to get the interview with Cam. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are here with Rams Wire's managing editor, Cam DeSilva, one of uh, easily one of our favorite Rams follows uh, on Twitter and, and on the blog. Cam, how's it going, man? Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Good. How are you guys doing? You, you sure I'm still one of your favorites after I tweeted Stafford for Trey Lance? Who says no? <laughs> I, I got a little bit of hate for that today. <laughs> yeah, can't make jokes on Twitter. For that. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love the bit. I do... Um, I, I mostly want to talk draft with you, but obviously we're fresh off a big trade where the Rams moved Huge up, trade. <laughs> moved up 17, 17 spots. spots. Yep. And eight, three, what? $3 million in cap space this year. Oh no, they lost cap. Yeah. Lost cap space. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. So negative. Yeah. I, I mean, Johnny and I are going to talk about this uh, after the interview or before, whenever I edit this podcast, but I do want to hear like, <laughs> There's a lot of chatter about on Twitter how like the Rams shouldn't have done this. I'm of the belief that this guy's completely cooked, worth mm-hmm. getting out of that money no matter how you do it. I think Johnny's a little more bullish on Robinson than me, but I don't think he's fully on board. How, how are you feeling, um, especially from somebody who just really covers the team? Like, yeah, how how do you feel about this? I, I would have been perfectly fine with trying him for another year. I think last year with Stafford's elbow and not really practicing at all during the off season. And really, I mean, he even said he, he didn't really do much at all. He didn't throw it all in the spring. And then in training camp, he was kind of off and on and didn't do a ton of team drills. So um, I think that kind of played into it a little bit. It just seemed like Stafford didn't want to look his way whatsoever. I mean, if you look at the analytics, he got separation and he was open Robinson was, but Stafford wasn't really looking his way. And I think there was just kind of a lack of chemistry, but at, at the same time, I, I don't think Robinson has a ton of juice um, his hands were so, so at times, um, you just wanted to see a little more out of him for what they paid. And, um, the fact that they traded him and, and are, are actually losing cap space this year, obviously isn't great. And that's another reason why I would have been kind of happier if they tried to give him one more year, but this really, I mean, every move that Rams have done this off season is pointed towards 2024. And this is just another one. It's just to get his contract off the books for next year and then free up some space, um, which, I mean, if they're kind of punting on the season, that's fine. But if they want to be competitive, I don't think they're a better team now without Robinson than they than they were with him. Yeah, and I, and I thought uh, until until I saw your article about it, I just assumed they they save some cap space this year, but yeah, they actually lose cap space in the end. Uh, I think they yeah they, they, 
they would have saved cap space if they didn't pay 10 million of his remaining salary. So had they traded him a normal trade structure, they would have saved some money. They would have saved, I, I want to say it's 7 million or no, not 7 million. I don't know what they would, it would have been a savings of something, but um, since they paid 10 million of his remaining 15 million, they, they actually lose cap space. Yeah. Which is it, it just like, imagine telling somebody this year ago and then really like I'm of the, mind that like this isn't that dumb of a decision because the guy didn't give us anything he right. you know yeah. there, there might still be something there it might have been a bad situation but to me it's like well two years of a bad situation when your numbers with the team are comparable to the likes of two two atwell you know I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not bullish i, I i'm certainly yeah. not bullish and i i'm not upset by this yeah yeah i hear you on that and i mean for what they paid him um, it, less need as bad as some of the contracts he's given out have been. He, I mean, at least he admits his mistakes and tries to get out of them quicker than than a year too late. So I, I give him some respect for that. Yeah, I, I would say one of the... also this also uh, let the Rams focus on future, which I think we'll probably talk a little bit about in the uh, NFL draft. Yeah, for sure. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It'll give the young, younger guys a better chance. Maybe he'll get a longer look at Tutu Atwell to see if he's actually an NFL receiver. Um, but Robinson, the way he was playing, he wasn't looking like he was going to be on the team next year either. So um, no. get out of it now, I guess. <laughs> as, as our guy Derek says, you got to take your medicine at some point. And uh, yeah. I guess this is the year. But so it's Robinson is another player you add to the long list of guys that have departed this year. And even though a lot of them were not upset about losing, you got to replace them. And so we're entering mm-hmm. this draft. It's still not a first-round pick, but I think easily the most meaningful picks we've had in at least since 2017, potentially yep. even, even farther than, back than that. And we kind of need everything. So I, I'm curious, mm-hmm. Cam, like, what what do you think, especially, like, looking at, like, 36 and to a lesser extent those uh, third-round picks, where do you think the Rams should look at with that pick uh, – position wise like what 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 would you think would be their best path forward with Mm -hmm. that selection i so like you said they kind of need everything i mean legitimately there's not really a position you can rule out in the second round i would prefer them not to take a running back and probably not a quarterback either just based on stafford's contract and the inability to get out of it um but legitimately every other position outside of punter and kicker you could you could take and and convince me that it was a, a decent choice but um i don't think they should reach for a, a position but i mean it kind of has to start with edge rushers and corners um you're looking so thin right now at those at those positions you're starting mike coy and uh and daniel hardy and Kier thomas at edge rusher possibly two of those three that's your depth chart right now uh yep. cornerback you have Co- kobe durant darian kendrick we didn't see a ton of kobe durant last year kendrick was shaky at times robert rochelle didn't even play i mean even when they were so thin at, at cornerback last year, he barely got on the field. So that tells you what kind of what you need to know about where the coaching staff is on him. Um, haven't completely lost faith in him because he is such a good athlete, but um, really just no experience at cornerback heading into the season. So I would look at for sure those two positions first. You could look at tight end. I, I'm kind of a little more um, – of the mind that they need a tight end more than some other people are. Um, I think Tyler Higby is kind of, I wouldn't say washed, but he's just not a super impactful receiver anymore. And I think this offense could do well with, with a, a, an athletic tight end in the middle of the field who can really make plays down the seam and, and stretch the defense a little bit. Um, I don't think you're getting that from Higby and and probably not Hopkins. So um, that, that's kind of where I would start O-line, obviously, D-line you could look at around Aaron Donald. You got Marquise Copeland starting next to him uh, this season. So you could go a number of different directions, but I think it kind of has to start with Ed Rusher and corner. So we, we did talk a little bit about wide receiver, you know, losing, um, you know, Robinson and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think wide receiver is something that the Rams should address potentially with their second or third round picks? The second, so it's tough to say. The second, I don't know if you're going to get great value there. Um, if Quentin Johnson would would drop there from TCU, I would consider it just because he's kind of a different type of receiver for them. He's a bigger, more physical, athletic receiver. 
I don't think I would go with someone necessarily like Jalen Hyatt. Um, he's kind of more of a, a speed threat with, with Deshaun Jackson type um, playmaking ability. And, and they kind of already have that with Tutu Atwell if they use him properly. Um, it's just not a great, great wide receiver class, especially at the top of the draft. Like even the first rounders don't, I mean, they don't blow me away. Um, I would, I would much rather take a chance on someone in like the third or fourth. I know they don't have a fourth rounder, but kind of in that range um, rather than kind of trying to reach for someone in the second Um, Marvin Mims is a guy that I think is, is a good player. Uh, Trey Palmer from Nebraska. Those are kind of those mid round guys and um, where you could kind of maybe find some better value than, than taking a receiver at the top of the draft. And, and yeah, okay, I, and, fair I, enough. and I feel like at, at 36, and I've said this previously, it's, you got to be thinking really best player available. And, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want them, I don't want them to take a quarterback because the odds of the 36 pick best player available being a quarterback are astronomically now low. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of feels yeah. like a waste of time, but you didn't mention running back and I it just like based on the history of this team. I feel like they're walking away from this draft with a running back. Just it just seems like a very less need thing to do, uh, or I guess yep. more Sean McVay. But um, do you think there's really like a possibility that they would go back that high at 36? I I wouldn't rule anything out. <laughs> I really wouldn't with this team. It seems like Sean McVay had, just has an infatuation with running backs and, and taking them early. He did it with Acres. He did it with Daryl Henderson. Um, even, I mean, Kyron Williams, they traded up to go get him. And they had, at the time, they had Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson on the team. And both of them were projected to be good running backs last season. And they still went up and got Kyron Williams. Um, I wouldn't rule it out if someone like Jameer Gibbs is there. And he's kind of that receiving um, slasher type running back where that's something that Sean McVay wants in his offense. He wants kind of that receiving threat out of the backfield. I could see them going that direction. Um I would hate if they took a running back at 36, um, but I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I really wouldn't rule anything out with with Snead and McVay um, in this in this draft. And it, it seems like they always favor skill positions over necessarily need on the roster. And and I think running back kind of falls in that category. Yeah. What's yeah. the likelihood of them like trading into the first round? <laughs> So I would rather them. I would rather see them go up for a blue chip prospect in the first round than I would see them trade down from thirty six. I, I just I, I I don't think that's the way Snead is going to view this. I think they have right now they have forty four players on the roster and they need. I mean they don't need ninety, but they can have up to ninety. How are you going to fill ninety? <laughs> you can't. I mean. You, even with 11 draft picks, that brings you to 55. You still need another 35 players. You're not going to sign 35 undrafted free agents. So I think Les Snead is, is going to trade back at some point and even get more than 11 picks. Um, but I would much rather them go up and get someone if if like a top edge rusher falls or, or a top cornerback, like if Deontay Banks falls, um, I, I would go up and get someone like that that you can build around for years rather than trading back and just kind of filling out the roster with, guys who may be impactful in two years. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of how I view it. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely agreeable. Yeah. And, and that's probably what they should do. I'm still kind of fully convinced that if Bijan falls to the twenties, they're going to trade up and try to draft him. <laughs> I would not be that. surprised. <laughs> I mean, they want, they wanted Christian McCaffrey last year and they, they tried really hard to go get him. So What's to stop them from going up and getting Bijan? Yeah, thank God we didn't get McCaffrey. As, oh as good God, as he can is, you imagine <laughs> we'd have uh, four they cut him. Picks here. Too. They would have cut him. They would have cut him and <laughs> taken on more dead money. Oh, oh man. <laughs> uh, so one one thing we didn't really touch on in in our kind of roundabout of the whole roster here is the offensive line. It's something mm-hmm. that we've kind of debated here. Like we've gone back and forth on. You know, I think if they don't come out of this draft with meaningful, you know, meaningful, mm-hmm. this is what I'm looking for, like trying actually drafting linemen at meaningful spots, like they mm-hmm. they could probably talk themselves into the guys in the building, but we've done that in the past to 
like usually bad results. I what? How is your feeling right now on the guys in the building at offensive line if they can you know keep it together and be let's say like an average offensive line? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they could be. Um, the thing with the offensive line is it's just kind of like a bunch of guys. You don't have that kind of stud center. You don't have that great guard. And I mean, Rob Havenstein is great, is a really good right tackle, but at the other positions, no one really impresses you. And honestly, you could, you can make the case that none of them have really locked up starting spots yet. I mean, Joe Noboom is either going to be your starting left tackle or guard, but you don't necessarily know where he's going to play. Alaric Jackson could play guard or left tackle. I, I think there's probably going to be a competition for left tackle between those two um, this training camp, or at least that's what I would do. Um, Brian Allen and Coleman Shelton. I don't know if you necessarily have a, a competition between those two. You probably want Brian Allen to start after he restructured his contract and essentially committed to him as your, as your center. Um, and then Logan Bruss, you hope that he can come through as, as your starting right guard, but um kind of similar to the rest of the roster. I don't want them to just fill out the offensive line with more fringe players who may or may not make the roster. Um, I would rather them go up and get a stud left tackle that you know is going to start for four or five years and uh, maybe a guard, like uh, it, it, so- someone that you know is going to be kind of that stud on on the interior offensive line. Osiris Torrance from Florida is someone who comes to mind. I think he would be a really good guard for them. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make it to 36, but he's someone that maybe you consider going up a little bit to go draft. I know it's not the best position value with a guard, but um, I I just think you don't need to add more fifth, sixth, seventh round offensive linemen who are just going to be backups. Essentially. I I think if you're going to address a line, go get like solid starters who are going to be there for, for four years and, and contribute for, for all four years. I know that's easier said than done, but when you're drafting them in the sixth and seventh round, it, you, I mean, you're not going to find, it's very rare to find solid starters that late. If only one of those guys had fallen to us in a previous draft in the, the second. Oh round. yes. If only that's, that's center. <laughs> if only he was there. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> he was right there. Unbelievable. <laughs> it, it'll, I, I will bring it up every, every podcast because it's just, I hope, I hope everyone brings it up for years on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> every time you he makes a pro bowl. Yeah. Who has yeah. more career touchdowns though? Two two or true, three? true. Well, well said. Yep. We points they were right. <laughs> points win games. They were right. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm, I'll leave you with one last question. If at at 36, is there a guy realistically that you'd like to see the Rams draft that like would plug and play immediately impact the team and potentially be a guy who would could start for a long time? I think Deontay Banks, the corner from Maryland, is kind of in that mold. He's a really good corner. He's sticky in coverage. You can play him. I mean, he mostly played outside, but I, I think he can play in the slot a little bit too, like Ramsey did. Um, just a, a, a really good cornerback that I think with that position, you're getting a lot of positional value rather than taking um, like a, a, a running back, like we mentioned, or, or a quarterback who's not going to play. Um, I think if you go with someone like Deontay Banks, he's going to he's going to play for a long time and and be a, a solid player in the secondary that you can build around kind of like what they did with Jalen Ramsey. Um, I think another player or another position, too, would be edge rusher. If if Miles Murphy were to somehow fall from Clemson um, or B.J. Ojolari from LSU, those are two impactful pass rushers that I think not only contribute this year, but um, they could be there for a few years helping the team and um, really kind of building out that defense, a, a defense that is just pretty much Aaron Donald and then everyone else. It's pretty much unrecognizable with with the players that they've lost. Um, so you need to kind of add some top tier talent to that defense, I think, over the, the offense. Um, so those are kind of a couple of guys that I would, I would be really happy with. Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, too. Um, I mentioned him earlier. He would be a, a really solid pickup at 36. Sweet. I will start researching those guys because my draft knowledge is very low. <laughs> a lot of guys out there. Yeah. And and there's even more guys in play now that they're at 36 instead of, what was it, 103 with Logan Bruss last year or something? God. 104, <laughs> not knowing exactly who's going to be there. You can kind of maybe get a, a first round talent at 36 and instead of a, a third rounder. 
it would be the highest pick of the McVeigh era if they make it. Which yeah, what was the highest before Gerald Everett? Yep, yeah, Gerald yeah. Everett. Yeah, it's been a while since they drafted up there. I know they traded out of the first round one year, but it's been a while. Yeah, it was it was 2018, um, I think, or maybe it was 2019. Whatever year we drafted 19, Taylor when they got Rap. Yeah, 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 yeah. They traded back out of the first for him. Traded back a couple times, I think, to get him. Christ, it's it's funny how much more fondly I view Everett than Rap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you put this poll up on Twitter today, Cam. It made me laugh. You asked if the Rams would make the playoffs this year. 63.7% said no, which is surprising for a very Homer fan base like us. Give me just an off-the-cuff win total that you would say right now you expect the Rams to get. I'll give them seven wins. Yeah, that's probably where I'm at. Today. I, I think their schedule could yield seven wins. The NFC is not that great. You got the Packers who aren't going to have Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think their schedule could yield seven wins. Yeah, like, I, you know, I could easily see them, like, miraculously having a lot of guys step up and their stars play great and they win, like, 12 games. Or I could see them doing the opposite of winning three because yeah, one yeah. of their three good players got hurt. Yep. <laughs> one of their three good players. It's so uh, true. It's reality. <laughs> yep. Painfully true. <laughs> All right, Cam. Uh, where can the people follow you? I'm on Twitter at Cam De Silva. Tomorrow, I think you'll probably, or whenever this airs on Thursday, you'll probably see me without a blue check mark. But I'm not going to be paying for one, so I'll still be Cam De Silva. And then uh, at the RamsWire.usatoday.com is where I publish everything. Man, my my day job is social media, and that man is ruining my life. He's driving me insane. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> All right, Cam, thank you for coming on, man. Always appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. Again, thanks to Cam for coming on. Follow him on Twitter and check out theramswire.com um, or theramswire.usatoday.com. Cam's doing great work. Uh, a Where I had before every podcast, honestly. We would be remiss, Johnny, since our last podcast, Odell Beckham got signed. And since we talked about this essentially for an over an entire year, it would be crazy if we didn't talk about this on the podcast and just acted like it never happened. Uh, Odell signs with the Ravens after not being on a team for over a year. It's a one-year, $15 million deal with incentives worth up to $18 million. So real money. It's a one-year deal, but it's real genuine money by a team uh, trying to lure back their quarterback who what a fucking week for Lamar Jackson, man. This happens, and then that Jalen Hurts contract happens. He's going to get paid by the Ravens. I, I, I think they're going to they're gonna come to an agreement soon. But what do you, what do you think of this deal, man? I Do you think it's I – know, I know we couldn't do it. There is no world where we could give Odell this money. But if you're a team with the cap space, do you think this is a good deal? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. <sighs> yes and no. It's it's a good deal for a team like the Ravens that were obviously starving for a wide receiver. And, hey, they had the cap space, though some of that probably should have gone to Lamar Jackson. Well, he'll, whenever he signs, he'll it'll be a fake contract in year one. That's how these big extensions always go, right? Usually, we yes. We paid Stafford, like, nothing last year. 
so yeah that's kind of that's kind of the thing is uh you know obviously with with odell there's there's a lot of risk because you know it's not like he you know was coming off a, a huge season no he, he missed the entire year due to an injury and that's something you got to worry about too is he gonna be the same odell you know it, it isn't his first major injury either he's not young and you know that's that's something to keep in mind but I don't know if a team like the Ravens will necessarily care much because if you get the Odell, you, you don't even need prime Odell. You, if you get, you know, Rams Super Bowl Odell, you are getting exactly the type of receiver that the Ravens need. And really, uh, you know, you have a young group of wide receivers too that can learn from them. This could be a slam dunk signing. But if he turns out that, you know, he's not quite the same player he was, this could backfire in terms of losing, you know, quite a bit of money for a guy. This could easily turn into like an Allen Robinson type of situation, you know, uh, maybe not quite as bad, but, you know, that is something to keep in mind as well. Well, it, it wouldn't be as bad because it's one year. And so if it goes really poorly... You wash your hands and you're done with it. I think there are not a lot of teams that this much money for Odell would have made sense for, but this is one of them, and I think it's a good move for them because no, we talked about when the Allen Robinson trade rumor started. It's a really weak class of receivers in free agency, and sure. so we thought maybe somebody would talk themselves into Allen Rob Robinson. Turned out nobody did. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot of options out there, and to get a guy like Odell, who's obviously a low-floor, high-ceiling guy right now, I think it's a good investment. You bring him in. You have some young talent in the building, notably Rashad Bateman, that maybe he can help you develop, uh, help make him a better player. And ultimately, for this Ravens team, you know, it's everything's going to depend on what happens with Lamar Jackson. And so you don't want to invest long term I wouldn't think in any of these guys but you have to bring in somebody a to entice Lamar back and b if he comes back to give him another set of hands because their receiving core is brutal beyond their tight end and you know you make this move it's one year you're not going to be pushed playing with any of Lamar's money really because even if like you said like it seems like that money maybe should go to him in year one, but the year one contract situation on these huge extensions is always like comically silly how low the cap hit for these guys is considering how much is on their contracts. Uh, but I like it for the Ravens. I love it for Odell. And I'm happy that, you know, after how everything went last year, I'm, I'm happy he did get a get a meaningful payday out of all of this. You know, hopefully he has a great year and gets another one. But it's it, it makes it a lot easier to swallow that we didn't re-sign re him, that he actually did get some real money elsewhere. Yeah, because, I mean, let's face it, there's no way, whether it have been last year or this year, uh, that the Rams could have come close to that. No way. No, no. Although, I would have rather given him a two-year, $30 million contract than pay down Robinson anything. Yeah, I mean, hindsight, you know? Yeah. It, that's, I mean, that's got to be, is there a worse move of the Sean McVay, less neat era? I mean, I think of the overall less neat era, I think the only thing really worse was, um, I would say, the Greg Robinson pick and the... Like, I guess a Tavon extension. Yes. I I can't think of anything else that was worse. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's about it. You you could say the Goff and Gurley extensions, uh, but... I wouldn't. Yeah, I think there's like... Allen Robinson was a risky signing when you signed him. You know, um... Todd Gurley was an overpay for running back, but that guy was the best offensive player on the planet when he inked that deal. 
Jared Goff was a young quarterback coming into his own, coming off a Super Bowl, and it just, I I don't know what happened because he's good again. Uh, but like I would say, both of those are not as bad as as this. The Joe Nopum, the Joe Nopum extension, if it goes poorly this year, could make its way onto the list. Yeah, I. Even then, like you could almost make a lot of arguments for that too, especially considering that we lost, you know, Big Wit, which was a huge loss. So yeah, I mean, I I think even if Joe Nopum ends up, you know, tanking it this year, I still think it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um and like look, you we love we liked the Allen Robinson signing at the time. Maybe we loved it. I'd have to go back and listen, but we certainly were high on it. But you look at the ripple effects of what happened as a result. We end up moving Robert Woods and we eat a lot of that dead money on his contract. So essentially you could have ended up back in the same position. Um, it burned the bridge with Odell, I think, in a way that they acted like it didn't, but I think it kind of did. And ultimately, if you ended up signing a different player at a different position that worked out, you don't have to make this move because essentially this just frees up some space in 2024. But if we had a guy in the building that we were high on that was good and under contract for that season, I don't think anyone would be upset by it, and I don't think they would have dumped him. But then again, we dumped Jalen Ramsey, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, if we were making a list of let's needs worth move, worst moves as GM, this signing or the two two outlaw pick, which is worse? Two two. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it has to be two two, just because there was so many other picks he could have done. And he completely overreached for Tutu. And I, I won't go too much more into it than that because, uh, geez, just go back to the past, you know, few podcasts and you can hear us talking about this. But, yeah, we, we can never forgive Les Need for passing on Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton. There's just <laughs> there's no way to forgive him for that. I think even Les Need himself doesn't forgive himself for that. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, that and the Tavon extension, where I think the only two things that happened were in the moment, we're like, what the fuck? Like, what are you guys doing? I think maybe the only other thing I could think of, which I don't think was is as consequential as any of these, was signing Nick Foles to an extension before he played. Um, which was that, so... That was another one, I yes. forgot that even happened. Adult just came into my mind right now. Yeah, but we, I think at some point during this offseason, which will we'll have a point uh, because, you know, the NFL draft can only cover so much, uh, we should do this. Uh, our top 10 worst, less need transactions. And we should do I best, think, I, too, just to, to balance it out. Cause, okay, yeah, I, I think we can do that. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. I'm down for that. Oh, well, you're, you heard it here first, folks. We're going to be uh, dissecting some less need uh, transactions because, yeah, you can only talk for the NFL draft for, you know, <laughs> about a month. And then it's like, okay, yeah, the training camp is almost here. Well, listen, for another we'll do, two months. We'll do a pod before the draft next week. We'll do a pod after the draft next week. We'll get some run out of this. The I, I, I looked up the extension. Um it's worth more than $12 million annually with a void year of 2017. Uh, $14 million guaranteed. So I guess it wasn't a huge contractor falls, but it wasn't a good one. So I would say it it's wasn't. not even close to these. The Tavon one was fucking crazy. Yes. Because that was after the point where we were all like, this guy is not even close to what we thought we were going to get. And then they gave him a bananas extension. Yeah. I I still never forget that uh, that the Rams traded up to get Tavon, and I I remember being so excited that the Rams had traded up to get or, or had traded up um, at all, and then finding out it was Tavon, I was like, uh, oh, I was so amped! This. I love Tavon. Listen, go watch his highlight reel, West Virginia. 
Okay, like, because this is before we realized that, like, guys who are shorter than me are unlikely to succeed at skill positions in the NFL. But, like, <laughs> dude, that, that highlight tape is electric. Okay, that was, I was so hyped that we traded up for him. Uh, in hindsight, obviously a terrible decision. Even more in hindsight, the the Rams extension came in 2016. Uh, it was a four-year deal, $30 million guaranteed, 42 overall. The NFL.com article says it's after a career year. Um, so I want to look up the stats of what his career year looked like because I'm not buying this. Uh, oh, his career year of 473 yards and five touchdowns through the year, 434 and four touchdowns on the ground. Wow. <laughs> That's a career year. Jeez. <laughs> hey, he played two more Was years. Was that low production for receivers that year? A career year, quote unquote. Yeah, man. I, I just, you know, I wish we could get what we got out of him from Tutu. We would all be elated. Yes. And if you think like, if you look at, if you look back on Tavon and think like this guy was horrible, he was not horrible. He was just way overdrafted and then way overpaid on this extension. He did give us something, which is a lot of guys we talk about on the show have not given us something. Uh, He, he brought a lot. He brought a thing to this team that we didn't have before he got here. And in a lot of ways haven't really had since, but it says hasn't been a huge need, but there's a reason he, 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 was he in the league last year? Like he's floated around for a while. Uh, I think last year he wasn't, but he was on Jacksonville in 2021. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I remember, I remember he had signed with the team and then he was like immediately cut. I I actually thought it was with the Bills. Or was that in 2020? Uh, I'm going to look at the Wikipedia. You're right. It was the Bills. Uh, he didn't make the team. Yeah, there you have it. All right, well, I think we can wrap it up there. Uh, we'll be back next week pre-draft. And then, Johnny, we're going to have to talk about our draft coverage because we actually have a draft this year. I know. I, I don't. I don't even know what to do. We'll There's a possibility Derek. we might be in the first round, man. We'll drag Derek's ass out of the barn to join us for draft coverage. And don't be a Derek Downer. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Superbarrow at Johnny Five Not Six at Talk Rams, and uh, talk to you guys soon.